Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Stand to your feet with me. We're going to get into the word. For all our first time guests here, we want to say thank you for being here with us. And some of our uh, first time guests that just haven't been here in a minute, it's good to have you back. And so uh, we are going to be starting a new series this morning called Tis the Season. And with Christmas coming up, I love the Christmas season. I mean, just simply love Christmas. I love the lights. I love the gifts. Uh, I hate the bills that you get after Christmas season's over. Uh, But one of the things I really want to encourage you is enjoy this Christmas. Do not go into debt trying to prove your love for someone this Christmas. Amen. Don't go into debt doing so. Use wisdom. Because how we handle the blessings God's granted us determines on the next level of blessing God wants to give to us as well. Uh, The best gift you can give to some of your loved ones is staying out of debt. And so, say it again, Pastor. Um, You know, I love the fact that God's been a giver to us. And, you know, this, this, at the end of this month... uh, we're going to ask for another we're going to ask for another special offering at the end of this year doing a year end offering to help us end the year strong. This has been a great year. It's been a great year. Last year we came to you because we were struggling, we were going through some tough times. This year's been a great year. God's blessed. Uh, God has been faithful, but we want to be able to have momentum to carry us in. December's usually traditionally one of the worst months financially for a church. And uh, last year was one of our greatest months we've ever had. And so we want to make sure that we're finishing the year off strong. And so if you haven't joined in giving, we want to encourage you to to come along in the year strong, in the year uh, in giving a gift to the church in in the area of for Christmas and honoring God. Make sure even in your giving, make sure your tithing doesn't end up at Macy's. Walmart, Amazon, okay? Okay. Zappos. I love Zappos. I mean, I'm, I'm on. Okay, let's go on. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And this is written by the wisest man to ever live, King Solomon. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he says this. For everything there is a season. Everyone say season. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. Bow your your heads with me as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Tell him this is your season. You you may be seated this morning. Let, Let me share a couple things with you this morning. Amen. God has hardwired seasons into our lives. Well, into nature, we have seasons. Everyone say seasons. So take a look at this. Same tree, different seasons. Okay? Same tree, different seasons. And so it's important that you do not judge your fruit based on your season. 
Because many times we get, we get disappointed that we're not producing the fruit that we did at one time in our lives and we get frustrated with ourselves. God, why am I not producing? Why are things in my marriage not operating at this level? Because just like there are seasons in nature, there are seasons in marriage as well. There are seasons in business. There are seasons in relationships. There are seasons in our own life. You cannot bring a single mentality into a season of marriage. Say it again, Pastor. You can't bring a season of spending when you're trying to bring a season of getting out of debt. Can't bring a season of in and out when you're trying to get a season of health. Let me just keep on going, all right? Same road, different seasons. Okay? Same road, beautiful. And every one of those roads, every one of those, that, that pathway, every season is beautiful. Enjoy the season that you're in. Whatever path God has taken you in life, enjoy the pathway that you're taking. Same relationship, different season. It means a different thing at a different point in a different time in life. Same relationship, different seasons. Or, same man, more kids. (laughs) I'm sorry, bro. That's a little lowery, man. Picture on the right, same man, in and out of jail. Strung out, finding himself getting into trouble. All of a sudden, this other man is now, same man, different season in life. Raising his kids, putting his family together, being a man of God, being a man that is God is transforming his life. You saw that, you took offense, man. You're like, man, what's up with all the kids, man? Just showing increase, blessing. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 says this. Now follow me. I'm going to lay some foundation this morning, okay? As long as the earth remains, this is God writing to Noah after the flood had taken place. As long as the earth remains, God comes into a covenant with man. There will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. In other words, seasons will always be here. You can't keep the night from coming. You can't keep the day for the sun from rising. You can't keep summer from coming. You can't keep winter from coming because the seasons will cycle. We are going to go through seasons in life. Seasons are inevitable. And we have seasons in our lives as well. We go through seasons. We go through a time of being born and a time that we die. A time of laughing and a time of crying. Every one of us is going to go through a season in life. And so if you are in a season of happiness, enjoy it today because you will come to a point where you will go through a season of sadness. Embrace the season that you're in. Someone say seasons. Because seasons are an integral part of life and seasons change. But I need you to understand that each season is predicated upon the previous one. Let let me explain this. I I had a mom sit down with me after she went into a season of marriage. And when she married her husband, she was complaining about the fact that 
She is now, her kids are struggling because they have to pay child support for children that he had before they met. And so he has a responsibility to those children. Dad, you have a responsibility to any child you have. But in that process, she's complaining, she's struggling because she entered into a season of marriage. But it's being taken from them because of other season choices. Each season lays a foundation for the next. And choices you make in one season will show themselves in another season. The seeds you plant in one season will show themselves in another season of life. And so the, what, what you plant, the things that you put in the ground, I want you to know Galatians chapter 4 says this. When that era came to an end and at the time of fulfillment had come, God sent his son. Everyone say son. Sent his son born of a woman, born under the written law. God sent his son at the fullness of time at the right time i'm here to tell you right now that many of us are praying asking god to show up but god doesn't just show up at any time god always shows up at the right time time was created by god in genesis chapter 1 verse 1 we hear in the beginning god created what heavens and the earth The first thing God created was not the heavens and the earth. The first thing God created was beginnings. In the beginning. Because God has no beginning. God has no end. God had to create a starting point for man to comprehend. And so God creates time. And when God created time, you need to understand God created time, but he is not bound to it. It's time is a creation of God. And so God is not manipulated, nor is God held down to something he created. We see things through the lenses of time. God sees things through the lenses of fullness of time, seasons. God doesn't operate according to time. God operates according to seasons. Say it again, Pastor. God does not operate according to a God. I need you to move by Tuesday by two o'clock. You, you got to be here. You got to meet my need because I got a situation going on. You got to show up Tuesday at two o'clock. God doesn't move according to that. God works according to when you're ready for the blessing. Seasons. Now, let, let me put it this way, okay? Now, I've used this example to you before. My grandson, if I buy him, a car right now, that'd just be plain stupid. Right? Dude's barely six weeks old and I'm a car. That's just wasteful. It's going to sit there. He can't use it. He doesn't know how to use it. And even when he gets to 12 years old, he's going to become dangerous to other people if he gets that gift. Even at 16, he might be dangerous. He has to learn how to, how to handle, how to drive the responsibilities, the laws, and the rules of the road. It's not until he gets to a point that he has the capacity to use the blessing in a manner that is no longer a danger to him or to anyone else. Does that gift then become a good gift? And many of us are praying for things in our life that you are not in a season that you can handle it. 
And you're getting mad at God that God won't give you what you're praying for. But God is a good father. Someone say good father. He's a good father that loves you so much that's not going to give you something that you cannot manage at this point. Seasons. Jesus didn't just show up. He showed up at the right time. And his news of his arrival meant that something was taking place. Look at Isaiah chapter 43 with me. I'm I'm laying a foundation here, okay? Some of y'all, this is the most scripture you've read in a month, okay? So even if I'm the one putting it up there for you. But uh, check this out. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 19 says this, For I'm about to do something new. Oh, I love that. You know what? I'm not reading the scripture to you right now. I'm prophesying over your family right now. I'm prophesying over your business. I'm prophesying over your your life. I'm prophesying over you personally. God is about to do something new. Oh, you got to grab, you know what? Some of you right now just need to grab that word and apply it to your life right now. Come on, Father, we just grab that word. We grab that new thing. We grab a hold of that thing. We apply it to our lives right now in Jesus' name. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Oh, come on. You're, you're, you're asking God for something. You're wondering, God, I'm praying and things and people are leaving me. People are dropping off. Don't you understand? That's part of the answer to your prayer. Come on, say it again, Pastor. That is part of the answer to your prayer. You've been asking God to do something new, so God starts taking old people out of your life, and you start getting mad. Well, God, why are all these people leaving me? It's because God's doing something new in you. You're not cursed. You're blessed. Don't you see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry land. Man, I'm telling you right now, God is about to do something new. God is creating a new man out of that old man, a new woman out of that old woman. He's creating a new marriage out of that marriage that you're in right now, a new business. He's creating new momentum. God is creating a new family out of your life. He's creating for some of you new values, old values that you used to have. God is beginning to transform those values, new morals. God is beginning to change your future, your desire. He's about to change right now your purpose. He's starting to change your legacy. The things that you're doing today are going to bless not only you, but your children and your children's children and your great-great-grandchildren. There are legacies that you're doing right now. There are chains that you're breaking right now that are going to set not just you free, but people that are going to come after you. Your kids will never know the struggle you went through, Lonnie. Your choices today are breaking it for generations. Someone say new. new. One era is ending and a new era is going to begin. Old things are passing away. Someone say old things. How many love old things? I, I, I love old cars. I love restoring. I had a 54 Chevy. I, I restored and everything. And I, I, when I bought it, the guy said, man, this thing is clean, no rust on it. Rust was the only thing holding that car together when I got it home. <laughs> Started tearing it apart. Parts were falling off. Now, I love old things, but I don't love having to fix old things. When it keeps on breaking down. God isn't into taking old things and restoring it. 
That's not how my God works. God doesn't do frame off restorations. God doesn't just put new paint over old paint. <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't even here. You don't even know where I'm going right now. Some of you just keep putting lipstick on that pig thinking that that pig's going to change. What, 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 am I, what am I telling you? Is that you're taking old things and you're asking, you're just trying to paint it up. You're just trying to cover it up. You're trying to put clothes on something. When God wants to kill that old thing and start something brand new in your life. Stop trying to revive dead things that God's trying to kill in your life. Stop trying to renew old relationships that have been dead. God is pr- trying to bring to life something new. Why? Because God specializes in new things. Amen. I love what Miles Monroe said. He said, uh, if you met God before anything was created, before the world was created, met him on the corner of nowhere and nothing, you would have met everything. Because out of God, everything was created. God created it. If you lose everything and you have Jesus, you got everything. If everyone leaves you and you got God, you still have. If you lose all your money and yet you still have God, you still have. Because if you have God, you have met everything. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know this. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. And it's created new. The old life is gone and a new life. Someone say new life. New life begins. You are stepping in. I prophesy this over your family, over your lives. Come on, just lift your hands right where you are right now. I speak a new season over you right now. A season of blessing, a season of increase. I speak a season of breakthrough, a season of forgiveness, a season of new things over your life right now. Just receive it right now. Father, new Things. Come on, declare it. New thing over my life. New thing over my life. Amen. Amen. What's a season? A season is a time or a date. A season is a specific time, an appointed time, a set time rather than an amount of time. We look at things at how long we've been into something. Man, God, I've been serving you for 20 years. Shouldn't you break, you know, shouldn't you break off a little piece from me now? Shouldn't you take care of me now? God, I've been serving you for 25 years, 30 years. You haven't been serving God for 30 years. You've had one experience 30 times. Because you haven't grown. Still struggling in the same struggles. Still battling with the same issues. We've been married for 15 years. You ain't been married 15 years. You had one experience 15 times. Because y'all are still fighting about the same things. Still struggling over the same issues. Never overcoming the same problems. You're still going. While you are, you're just too stubborn to break apart from each other. It's not the amount of time we are in something. It's the progress we're making. God works according to the season we reach in life, not the time. You take a look throughout the word of God. I'm almost done, so stay with me, all right? I want you to see that Naomi recognized that she was stepping out of a season of famine into a season of Harvest. 
in the book of Ruth. You see Abraham walking from a season of, of fatherlessness into a season of blessing. Some of you are right. You, you're, you're step, you don't recognize it. You're stepping out of a season of famine. You're stepping into a season of harvest. You're stepping out of a season of barrenness, and you're going to step into a season of blessing. Or whether you're Joseph, who was a season in the pit and in the prison, not realizing that you've been destined for the palace in life, that right now you might be in the pit. Right now you might be in the prison. Don't give up because your season is coming for you to get to the palace in life. You need to know right now, do not judge God's promise on your life based on your current season. David was a shepherd that became a king. There's too many of you that have been called out of the pasture and called to start ruling in the palace. But you keep going back to the pasture. Now, the the shepherd season was cool because it trained you. But God called you now to be a king and to rule. Stop, Stop running back to the pasture and start ruling in the palace. Come on, somebody. Moses went from a murderer to a deliverer. You got to know your season. Moses didn't allow his failure in his past to keep him from the promises of the future. And some of you are looking at your failures and saying that eliminates me from doing what God wants me to do. It qualifies you to do what God wants you to do. Don't miss your season. Tap three people, tell them don't miss your season. Don't miss your season. Take a look here here where we're going to close it down this morning. Worship team can help me. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, it says this in verse 26. In the sixth month of pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth in the town of Galilee to a virgin. Everyone say virgin. Pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was, how many know Mary? Right? Mary's, Mary's the woman. You know, she, you hear that Jesus was the man, Mary's the woman, okay? She just says yes to God at, a, at an incredible time in life. And I want you to see what she says after the, the angel comes to her. In uh, verse 28, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I got a word for you this morning. God's with you. God hasn't left you. God's with you. God is with you at this moment. And what's a trip is this. Mary is entering into a new season. Everyone say new season. She's walking into a new season. She's stepping out of singleness. She's gone from from being a child into becoming a woman. And now she's going to become a wife. She's already said yes. She has the ring. She got the dress. She said yes to the dress. She's ready to step into her next. And then the angel shows up. Talk about terrible timing. You would think that God would wait until she was married before the angel showed up. That way, God would protect her character. No one would question her virginity. And when the angel shows up and says, God wants to use you to bring the Son of God into the world, Mary is about to become a wife, entering a season of marriage, and this angel shows up at the worst time possible. Let me tell you something. God doesn't always show up at a time that's convenient for you. 
why now? Man, I just met her. Now you want me to start changing my values? I just got this job that if, if I just bend the truth a little bit, I'll make more money. Now you want me to change my values? God doesn't always show up at the right time for us in our mentality. But he shows up in the right time for our purpose. And what seemed like an interruption to Mary was actually an invitation. Okay, let me try this side. What seemed like an interruption to Mary was actually an invitation. Thank you, Vicki. can always count on Vicki to clap. Lonnie, welcome back. It is so good to see you. Hip surgery, how do you feel? Oh, dang, girl, you're going to be the bionic woman by the time this thing's done. No more pain. Amen. Amen. So good to see you. What seemed like an interruption was actually an invitation for Mary to change the course of history. And when God shows up at an inopportune time that you think God is actually not interrupting you, he's inviting you. But I want you to see what happens. Mary says yes to God. She says, let it be unto me as you have spoken. Knowing that People are going to doubt her character. They're going to talk about her, that her fiancé could have her killed. She said yes in spite of all the potential trouble that could take place. But I want you to see something. When Mary says yes, and I want to talk to you about the season of Yes, that when you say yes to God, it creates an atmosphere. It creates an environment where God can do the impossible in your life. If you just say yes. If you could just muster yes. If you could stop running from God and say yes. That if you could just look at God when God invites you and say yes. Mary does something when she says yes that changes the course of history. Now, all all you parents and some of you children, this is why we tell you to take your kids to children's church, okay? But in order to have a baby, you need a female egg and a male what? Sperm. The sperm comes, hits the egg, fertilizes it, and it creates child life. What a miracle. In any sexual encounter, a man, an average man, I know some of you are above average, but average men. <laughs> I know the way y'all think. Well, Pastor, I'm a little above average here. But for you average men out there, okay, we'll release anywhere from 600 million to 1.1 billion sperm cells in any sexual encounter. I want you to grab a hold of this for a moment. You had a bigger chance of hitting the lottery than you did of being born. You beat out 1.1 potential billion people that could have been you. You beat out every brother and sister that was there. You... Some of y'all swam. 
You swam. Somebody got there before you, but you pushed your way through to get there. Some may have got there a little after you, but you, you had the tenacity to work your way to get there to become you. But when Mary says yes, all she has is this, not this. Now, now I need you to grab a hold of this. When, when you say yes to God, all you need is. Didn't get it. All you need is this. When, appreciate that, TJ. Rocky. All you need is this. When you say yes to God. What do I mean? Without the sperm, that egg can't be fertilized. But when Mary said yes... It created an atmosphere where she didn't need a man to fulfill the promises of God in her life. (laughs) Some of you ladies are like, that's right, Pastor. I don't need no man. Don't need no man for my blessing that's going to come my way. Mm -hmm. I don't need, I don't, I don't. I had a husband after church. Please tell my wife that she needs me, Pastor. But when you say yes, everyone say yes. Yes. When you say yes to God, you create an atmosphere. You don't need a man to agree with you. You don't need a man to stand beside you. You don't need mankind to say, I believe it. You don't need a man to say that it can happen. Even if you don't believe, when I say yes to God, my yes gives me the ability for everything God promised in my life to come to pass. I don't need a man to bring about God's promises in my life. When God promises it and I say, do you have a yes for God? It's that yes that removes tumors that the doctors knew that they found inside of you. Then they can't find them. Creates an atmosphere where God brings transformation. It's a yes to God that takes two young men that their father wasn't actively present and they were trying to figure out what was going to happen to become ministers of the gospel of Christ. It's that, it's that absence, it's that ability to say yes to God that grants you the ability through the power of God to create a business that is doing great things today and transforming lives. It's the ability to say yes that takes you from a gangster with tats all over your neck. Now they're gone. you're a different person today because of the yes to God. God's yes. When you say yes to God, God has the ability to transform you. Mark, that picture you posted on social media. When I handed out the stakes at church that day and told you to write down what it is that you believe God for, your wife put her stake down first. You put yours in next to it, and since then, you haven't touched a drop of alcohol or a drug. God has transformed your life. That was a yes. You were believing for him before he believed for himself. Didn't nag, but it was a yes. He's laughing. Oh, yes, he did. Mm -mm. Do you have a yes? 
don't know about you, but I want everything God has for my life. Yes. Yes. Stand to your feet with me. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.